Lockheed Martin might be a trifecta. That's a company that has earnings growth, is buying back shares, and you can get a market multiple expansion. I'm going to walk through Lockheed Martin right now, figure out how much hard cash money it makes. If you buy it today and held it for 10 years, we're going to figure out how much money you can make. You ready? Let's get to work. Hello, welcome to Rational Investing. My name is Cameron Stewart, CFA. Thank you very much for watching the channel, all the comments, subscribers. I greatly appreciate it. If you like the content, please share or hit the little subscribe button. This week up, we're gonna take a look at Lockheed Martin. Now, one of our analysts in the Cash Flow Club, Alvio, has released the new Lockheed Martin um, uh, review, and it's uh, a fantastic company. So I wanna rip through this company with you, go through the income statement, balance sheet, cash flow, cover our five key factors. I'm gonna talk about Q1 results and their forecast, and why I think this could be a trifecta uh, company. We've reviewed it in the past, in which I call it a trifecta. The stock is up since then. Uh, but in the recent kind of year to date, it's pulled back about 7% or so. If it comes down a little bit, if we get some market pullback, this is definitely a stock to have on your list. Keep on the shelf for when uh, you know the, the, the rubber meets the road, if you were, the market collapses, you can kind of know with confidence you're buying a solid company. All right, let's take a look first and foremost at the five key factors that we use in this channel to look at all stocks. Number one, top line revenue growth. You want a stock that can grow its top line revenue. Number two, earnings growth. EBITDA, or operating income, if you want to use that one, but you need enterprise-level earnings growing. Number three, strong free cash flow. It's kind of obvious. Number four, low debt, less than three times debt to equity. That is absolutely coming into play in this rising interest rate in market. And number five, you want a well-priced stock. Now, what is a well-priced stock? Well, when I was a first analyst, I thought that meant like a cigar butt company. You want something at one or two times EBITDA, something absolutely cheap. And that's not, that's not true. Cheap stocks tend tend to stay cheap. You want something at a reasonable price. So that is uh, how we define that. You build a conservative forecast uh, and then you, you look at the IRR of that forecast. If that's going to beat the market, then in our opinion, that is a reasonable price to pay for a stock. Let's take a look at Lockheed Martin uh, and figure out, first, let's do a highlight of what this company does as a business model, then we'll dive into the cash flow review. Okay, behind me is their Q1 2023 financials. Uh, they haven't released, obviously, the full year 2023 numbers, which fiscal year ends December. So we're going to go off the April numbers that they've released a while ago, just to give you a high-level view of uh, both the underlying business, what they do, and their guidance for 2023. Uh, so the first thing is a quick uh, summary for the for the quarter. I'll let you, you know, freeze frame and you can look at that. But I want to dive into how they prepare their numbers and what they do. Most specifically, uh, the the, re the the sectors of the business that they operate in. So, aeronautics is the first one. Sales of air, 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 aeronautics, six point four billion for uh, last quarter, and six point three billion for this current quarter. Slight slight down a little bit, but the uh, operations are profitable. Six hundred and seventy nine. Uh, $679 million and $675 million for a 10% margin in that division. Uh, missiles and fire control systems. So here, uh, over my shoulder here, $2.4 billion, then down slightly, $2.4 billion uh, year over year at a 16% margin, and it's also profitable. Rotary and mission systems, just going really quick here, uh, 3.5 billion last year, 3.5 billion the year before, so kind of flat. 
Margins came down just slightly, about 1.4% of the drop in the margin, but that, that business is also profitable. And finally, we have the space. Space uh, is growing for them, $2.5 billion to $3 billion of top line revenue with a margin expansion of two, uh, $248 billion, million in profit to $280 million in profit. As those divisions are, at least that division is growing for them. They have acknowledged that sales growth is a little weak and they're working to improve that. Uh, obviously, these global conflicts that are picking up, these guys sell mission systems into that stuff, will probably boost, boost revenue. Sales uh, outlook for them for the um, for the fiscal 2023 year is 66 billion dollars. Uh, that's slightly up from what they did last year. And cash flow hard jacked. They're going to produce uh, greater or equal to 6.2 billion dollars. That's the free cash flow number that they're producing, which is a sizable amount of jack for a business uh, and they have reasonable levels of debt so that's the number that you're truly buying as a stock uh, and the question is how much can you buy the stock for uh, and, and is that a relatively good value for that cash flow let's dive into the one pager and figure that out okay here we are in the cash flow club now if you're not familiar with the cash flow club definitely check out my website cashflowinvestingpro.com i do two things i have a very simple basic investing course where I give you a financial model and I teach you how to run models for your own investments. I highly encourage you to check it out and I highly encourage you to build a financial model for every single stock that you own. It will focus your portfolio because it takes time to research and diligence and it'll make you prioritize your capital to the biggest um, uh, risk-adjusted returns that you expect. And then number two is just the Cash Flow Club where we produce one-pagers, which are these. These are one-page summaries with 10 years of financial information on about almost 200 companies that we do. Uh, and we have several analysts uh, that, that help work for us. But now, without further ado, let's dive into the one-pager. So uh, Alveo here has, has dropped in the annual income statement. So we can just take a quick glance at total net sales. 2020 to 2022 for Lockheed Martin, pretty flat. So fairly, fairly basic earnings here, growth, uh, excuse me, or revenue growth, not moving the needle a whole lot. Uh, they've acknowledged that they're trying for 66 billion in top line sales in 2023. Cost of goods sold here, you can see all the, the, the products and services, the costing that they have, $557 billion in cost on $65 billion of revenue gives $8.2, $8.3 billion of operating income. Now, this isn't necessarily growing every year. 8.79, that's growth. 8.2, kind of up and down a little bit during these three years. But what I do want to notice here is it's profitable every single year and by a decent margin, right? $65 billion of revenue, 8.2 billion, that's about a 12% gross profit, uh, excuse me, uh, yeah, gross profit margin. Uh, for for the business. Let's keep going down. So you've got operating profit here of 8.3, roughly the same. And then one thing I want to touch on is the interest expense. Now there's a metric called times interest coverage ratio, which is the number of times, number of interest payments a business can make from the operating income. And you'll see here that their interest costs them about $623 million a year, but they produce 8.3 billion. So there's a there's a 12x coverage. So you could divide the interest expense into operating income about 12 times if my mental math is correct. Uh, but check me. 
Uh, that's a solid interest coverage ratio. Banks will t look at like, you know, four or five times, um, you know, leveraged assets in private equity, one times, 1.1 times, really narrow interest coverage ratio. Uh, but you want that, that's a cushion that, that's uh, on top of, or another way to look at leverage to make sure you can afford the interest payment. We'll just continue down to net earnings, $5.7 billion, and here you've got your basic shares information. Let's take a look at the balance sheet. So balance sheet here, again, I'm not gonna spend too much time on it, gonna go pretty quickly. $2.5 billion of cash and cash equivalents. Our total current assets, $21 billion. Let's look at their assets. What's the composition of assets? Property, plant, equipment, $8 billion. That's relatively low in my opinion. Goodwill and intangible assets combine that, that's about $13 billion. $13 billion with some deferred taxes, total assets, $53 billion. $13 billion, which is the goodwill and intangibles, into the $53 billion of total assets is about a 20% um, uh, you know, intangible goodwill value. That's okay. It's not nearly as high as some of the companies like Diageo and others that have made lots of acquisitions at premiums. Lockheed Martin has been buying companies in the past. Uh, it has paid a premium, which is where this goodwill really comes into play. But in terms of the composition of total assets, a lot of their assets is actually current assets. So I like to see that. Let's take a look at liabilities. Current payables, um, that's $2.1 billion. That's totally reasonable. Uh, salaries and benefits and payroll, three. So kind of combine that, that's $5 billion of, of uh, payments that are gonna come due within the next 12 months. Uh, you look at current assets to, in order to, to kind of feed that, 20 billion, they've got lots of coverage there. You round out current, current total current liabilities, 16 billion. Current assets are greater than current liabilities. That's a great win. Then you've got long-term debt, 15 billion, and you've got accrued pension liability of five, so about $21 billion of, of long-term debt there. With a positive, rounding out for the equity value, positive equity value. Let's take a look at cash flow. All right, last cash flow statement where the rubber meets the road. Let's figure out how much jack these guys make. So again, we've discussed this in the past, but there are three segments to the cash flow statement. Who can name the three for me? Huh? Operating, investing, and financing. The first third of the cash flow statement is always the operating cash flow. That's where they actually generate the cash flow from the business itself. It excludes financing nonsense that you can borrow money and you can you can bring up things. It excludes investing. So if you're selling assets, divisions, that's cash flow in if you sell it. But I want to know how much money they make from doing their business, not financing the business. Or like uh, GE as an example, is it selling down divisions, that's cash that's coming in, but it's not cash flow from running the business. So running the business, they made $7.8 billion of jack running their business last fiscal year. They made 9.2 the year before that and 8.1, so kind of up and down just like we saw before. But the number is positive and that's a very solid number of cash. And I like that because you can measure uh, auditors can measure cash much e much more easily than they can the accounting assumptions behind the income statement. So that's a lot of money. Let's figure out what they do with that money. Well, if, if at the end of the year you have $7.8 billion of jack sitting on the table, just a, a cube of money just sitting there, $7.8 billion, what do you do with it? Well, you need to peel off some of the money to go reinvest in business. So this number up here 
your property plant and equipment, where they make the aerospace systems, where they make the jet planes, where they make the space infrastructure, all of that, we need to put a little bit of money back in that, keep that machine running. So the first thing you're gonna do on your cash flow statement, you're gonna take your $8.7 billion jack and you're gonna peel off capital expense. $1.7 billion. That leaves 7.8 minus 1.6 is like 6.1. So I take the $7.8 billion of Jack, the pile of money they have, and I peel off $1.6 billion to CapEx. Now I've reinvested back into the business to make sure that next year, the machinery, the infrastructure, the systems, um, everything that's used by employees to generate the cash flow can keep doing that. That's very important. You don't want to starve a business of CapEx. A lot of businesses will do that if they're looking to sell themselves, going through an acquisition. The first thing they can do is you cut CapEx hard and that drops more cash flow to the bottom line and makes equity investors think that they're getting more cash. But really you're just deferring maintenance. You're deferring what's going to have to come out. So now I've satisfied that. I've, I have my money. I peeled off a little bit for CapEx. What's left? Well, what's left is uh, interest pay, excuse me, debt payments. If I have to make debt payments, dividends, buying back stock. So let's take a look. The bottom third of the, of the cash flow statement is the financing section. Well, what they do? Issuance of long-term debt, $6.2 billion. Well, they issued out money. Repayment of long-term debt. This is principal that's down here. This is not interest. You're not going to see any interest down here. Interest is in the income statement. Principal payments are all right here. So if I look at these two, and then, yeah, so if I look at these two, that's about $4 billion of borrowed money. If I net these two, 6.2, I issued bonds, I got cash. 2.2, I paid down, I made a principal payment on my mortgage. That's essentially what you're doing. Uh, and so the net of that, I borrowed $4 billion of extra money. Now, what I do with that? Well, they bought back a ton of stock, eight, almost $8 billion of stock. If I zip up here back to the operating cash flow, they basically spent, took an entire year of, of operating cash flow that they made and they went into the stock market and bought stock and tore it up in half and destroyed that stock. That means that owners who are who were stockholders prior to this year, their ownership percentage went up in the business because that's what they did. It's like a, a slice of pie. If you had a pizza pie and you had 10 slices and you somehow redid the slicing and you now have eight slices, each slice got bigger. That's essentially what happened here. So they got rid of, they got rid of a lot of stock and they paid a dividend, $3 billion of dividends. Now, Let's go back to our numbers here, right? So we had, how much cash did they generate? They had 7.8 minus 1.6. <clears throat> they have $6.1 billion of cash after, um, after CapEx. That's what people generally refer to as cash flow. If you see cash flow on, a, on the presentation, remember earlier we looked at their, their, their outlook, they were looking for 6.3 billion of cash flow or greater than that. Well, they generated 6.1. Typically, when businesses talk cash flow, it's operating cash operating uh, cash flow minus capex. That's how they usually define cash flow. Free cash flow to equity, which is what we use. That's after debt payments and dividends and all that. Well, after debt payment, what's left is free cash flow to equity. So it's a small difference because you're saying free cash flow versus free cash flow to equity. That little change means before or after debt payments. 
In this instance, debt payments were positive. They took in money and they used a lot of that money to buy back stock. They're not gonna be able to do that continuously because you can't always borrow. But in this instance, it works. I like it and what I like is this $3 billion of dividend can easily be afforded by the 6 billion of cash. It's basically half. So they're taking half their cash flow from operations, excuse me, they're taking the cash flow from operations minus the CapEx. Uh, then they have pay a dividend and that's about half that money. So they have more money left off. They can buy back shares continuously and not have to borrow every year. This year they happen to make a big payment, but in the, in the past, four billion, one billion, they're continuing to buy back shares and that's what we like. Let's build a forecast and figure out where we want to go with this business. Okay, I'm going to zip through this cash flow one pager quickly for you. Just want to dive in, then we'll get to the forecast. We've covered most of this when I looked at the balance sheet, but this is the cash flow one pager. It'll give you the 10 years of information you need. <clears throat> you need revenue growth, EBITDA. Revenue growth is positive at 4%, even though recently it's been very slow. We are equity investors. You're buying for 10, 20, 30 years from now. You're going to be able to grow. They've done that. They're in a growing field, 4% annual growth rate over the last 10 years. Earnings growth has been grown at 5% annually on average for the last decade. That's very strong. So it's checked two boxes, revenue growth and earnings growth. Debt has also grown, but debt's growing slightly less than EBITDA. Debt last year was $22 billion. Uh, so that's fine. It seems like the leverage seems to be okay. We'll, we'll look at the coverage ratio in a second. Market cap. Market cap has gone from $46 billion to $128 billion over this time frame. A very, very strong market cap growth. Annual growth rate at 12%. And you're going to see that's faster than earnings growth. That means the market multiple has expanded on this business. Had you bought this company a decade ago, you would have received revenue growth, earnings growth, and market multiple expansion, plus share buyback, what we got, which we will cover in a second. Enterprise value is the, is the market cap plus the debt, the entire value of the business. That's what we want to really pay attention to. That is $150 billion last fiscal year. It was $62 billion uh, not too long ago. So over the last decade, it's doubled in size. Debt ratios, you want to take a look at leverage ratios. I referenced earlier times interest coverage ratio, which is one aspect. Can you afford the, the, the annual interest payments? Another way to look at it is debt in its totality, the entire amount of money that you owe. How many years is it going to take you to pay it back? That's what we focus on because I want to know that you can, pay, you can pay down the debt, not just make the monthly interest payment or the annual interest payment. And we look for less than three times debt. So what, what do we have here? We have 2.9, 3.3, 5.1. So it got, got kind of high earlier in the decade. And it's come down. It's now sitting at $2.5 billion. That is a strong number. It looks like this number is including the pension liability that they have as well. So that's good. That's less than three times that checks the box for us. Next, we want to look at enterprise value to EBITDA. Now, this is where it gets interesting. This stock has traded as low as 11 times EBITDA. That's 11 years of earnings, essentially, you're paying forward for this business, which is a very cheap and very reasonable price to pay, in my opinion, for this monster company. It has been as high as 18. That's where you get the market multiple expansion. For every dollar of earnings that you were generating 11 times, suddenly now that same dollar is worth 18. That is a robust valuation. That's how you can earn a lot of money in the stock market by being able to pick stocks on a low value and get that market multiple expansion. It's one of the three trifectas that we look for, right? Market multiple expansion is right in the center. You buy something five times, you sell it at 20 times. 
but it's come down. Now it's at 16.7. If I look at right now today, it's at 15.6 is the current uh, forward EBITDA, enterprise value to EBITDA. The enterprise value itself is $140 billion. So it's come down about uh, $10 billion in value. Not super cheap, but not expensive. I think it's in a fair value range currently. If this stock were to fall and this market multiple would come further down into like the 12, 13, absolute steal. Uh, let's finish the wrap. So the next bit, you've got your cash flow that kind of walked through through already. So cash flow from operations, it's positive. It's growing at 7% annual per year, which is in line with EBITDA. Good job, accounting team. That means the P&L, the income statement is matching with the cash flow statement and there's no funny business. It's a good smell check to make sure that they're not monkeying with the income statement. If the cash flow is growing in the same direction as the income statement, the earnings. They don't have to both be positive, they can be both negative. It means they're accurately reflecting the losses, but you want them to be going in the same direction. CapEx, we covered debt payments, we covered free cash flow. Here I've got eight, uh, 9.8 billion because I'm including the cash that they borrowed. But when we adjusted that, you were at about $6 billion. Shares outstanding, this is what I really like. I like companies that buy back stock. They're buying back a lot of stock. They buy on average 2% of the stock back every year. That's a nice, that's a very nice long-term um, long benefit to, uh, to, the, to owning the stock. And then you got your stock price and a, and a free cash flow yield off the side. That's been averaging about 5.6% uh, free cash flow yield. Currently it's about a 5% forward cash flow yield depending upon what your forward cash forecast is. So the bottom part of the one pager, we're going to forecast this business. We think uh, next year is going to be pretty weak, but growth slightly under $9 billion of EBITDA. Just as a reminder, they made $8.8 billion last year. So slightly, slight growth, basically 1% growth. From there, we do think it's going to pick up over the long term. I think it's going to approach the average that they've experienced, which is 5%. So we're kind of at a lull here. But as, as systems are needed for various defense aspects, I think they're going to have more money. So you're going to build the forecast out in the future. We've got a long-term forecast of $12.9 billion of earnings out 10 years from now. Uh, that's basically a 4 or 5% annual growth rate over the long term. We assign a 15 times market multiple to that, take out the debt, and I got a forecasted price of $647 out long-term on an EBITDA market multiple basis. If we look at free cash flow, you're about $21 a share of free cash flow, depending upon how you uh, forecast um, the, uh, the debt payments that are coming and going but it's about $21 billion of cash flow. And I'm gonna grow that similarly to the EBITDA and apply a multi exit valuation to the cash flow five times. And I get a market price forecast, estimated, who knows what's gonna happen in the future. Right now, today, estimate, ballpark, long-term, $638 on, of, of the price target. So I'll average these two and we'll say we've got two different valuation methods. We've got some risk in the four forecast, who knows, but if I had to put a peg in the air on a price target out 10 years, $642. Now, what can you buy the stock for today? Well, today, right now, as I'm filming this, you can buy as much stock as you want for $447. So let's put in an IRR. I've got the market price $445. I've got the stream of cash flow, which is our pro rata share of free cash flow. It is not 
dividends. Dividends is paid out of this number, but they also buy back shares. So you don't want to ignore the full cash generated by the business. Many investors only look at dividends and, and that's false. This stock buys back a lot of stock. You want to take that in consideration. This is the entire free cash flow of the business. So you buy it here, you sell it there. That's a 10%, 10% IRR, which is exactly market-based. So this is a reasonable price to pay for a stock that is growing earnings, buying back stock, and you could have a market multiple expansion from its 15 times leverage to maybe 18 times covered to 18, or if the stock drops, you can buy it even cheaper. And that's why I really like it. If you paint down here, we've got a little distribution chart that in the future, it'll tell you based on this forecast, if the stock falls from $457 to 400 bucks, or less than 400, it, gives, it becomes a very good deal in my opinion. So take a look, Lockheed Martin, put this on the shelf, join the cash flow club, print this one out for yourself, put it on the shelf, and that way when the S hits the fan, and you don't know what to do, don't have time to diligence everything, you can pull up a few stocks. Oh yeah, this one was highlighted stock, it, it made all the cover. Let me go research just this company rather than, than starting your screening at that point. That's why I like having these one pagers. Anyways, this is, uh, this is a review of Lockheed Martin. Let's take a look at our five key attributes and we'll go through this again. Number one, top line revenue growth. Yes, it's growing. Number two, EBITDA. Yeah, it's growing. Number three, strong free cash flow. It's there. Number four, low debt. Yes, less than three times. And number five, well-priced. Yes, it is well-priced. It's going to produce a market rate with possible upside, I think, especially if you bought it a little cheaper. So it's going to get a good from us at, at uh, the Cash Flow Club. I like this stock. I really like Olivio's review that he wrote up. Great job. One of the analysts in the Cash Flow Club. We got many others. If you want to become an analyst, email me. With the, the email is in the description of the video. Check out my course on uh, how to become an analyst. I can teach you how to be an analyst if you want to apply for investment banking jobs or analysts at, at Fortune 500 companies. I'll teach you what you need to know so you can get there. Take my course. Uh, ping me on the side. We'll, we'll work something out. Uh, my name is Cameron Stewart, CFA. This is Rational Investing uh, and a review of Lockheed Martin. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, throw me a comment down below uh, in, this, in, the, in the comment section. Let me know what else you'd like to see. A lot of value seekers out there, and there's a lot of very interesting stocks in this market at this period of time. All right, take care. Have a great day. Bye-bye.